The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This hour of the Costa Report is brought to you by Dole Food Company, the world's leading producer and distributor of fresh fruits and vegetables. Welcome to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa, and thank you for joining me for another two hours of Straight Talk Radio. I'd like to welcome our new listeners in the Las Vegas and Pittsburgh areas, and as always, our military personnel who catch us every week over the Internet. Thank you for being with us today. Let me also take an opportunity to welcome a new sponsor to the Costa Report, Caraccioli Cellars, makers of premium wines, which are sure to please the most discriminating palate. My guest this week is former presidential candidate and father of the consumer protection movement, Mr. Ralph Nader. I doubt that there is a single American who is not familiar with or been affected in some way by Nader's body of work. But in preparation for today's program, I did learn a few things that I didn't know about this icon in American politics. Mr. Nader was born in Winstead, Connecticut. His parents were Lebanese immigrants. And while his father may have started as a worker in a textile mill, it didn't take long before he became the owner of his own bakery and restaurant. In many ways, Ralph Nader was shaped by parents who embodied the great American dream of owning their own business and home and making a better life for their children. Viewed from this perspective, the family could not have been prouder of Nader's acceptance to Princeton University in 1951 and then later his graduation from Harvard Law School. From his early beginnings, Nader viewed himself as the people's lawyer, which roughly interpreted meant that his life would be devoted to defending the greater good of society. In his 1965 book, Unsafe at Any Speed, he brought the public's attention to dangerous automobiles which were being manufactured and sold in the United States and around the world. This was the launching point for Nader's Raiders, an organization of lawyers, researchers, and advocates who shared a similar passion for public service. Nader has played a key role in the creation of the Environmental Protection Agency, the Occupation Safety and Health Administration, the Freedom of Information Act, and Consumer Product Safety Commission. He has published reports on everything from baby food, mercury poisoning, and coal mine safety to the dangers of insecticides and radiation. Mr. Nader has been a candidate for the President of the United States four, five, or six times, depending on which biography you trust. In a moment, we'll get that number straight. In addition to being called an agitator, he has also been unfairly accused of being the deciding factor in the contest between Gore and Bush. Rather than put the responsibility where it belonged, which was Gore's failure to win the votes needed to take Florida, for a while all of the attention seemed focused on Ralph Nader. As you have heard me say many times on this program, it doesn't matter who the third party candidate is, the hunt for someone to blame is always successful. 
Today, Mr. Nader continues his work from his office in Washington, D.C. He is a prolific blogger, author, public speaker, and reformist who has inspired more than 100 nonprofit organizations. It's my privilege to welcome to the program a man whose credo can best be summed in a single word, accountability, Mr. Ralph Nader. Welcome to the program, Mr. Nader. Thank you very, very much. We have a lot of ground to cover today, so let me get started by asking you to set the record straight. How many times were you an official nominee for the presidency of the United States? Three times, and as defined as um, FE, Federal Election Commission uh, recognizing a formal campaign, which automatically occurs if you spend more than $5,000. In 1996, I ran uh, on a number of states, but I spent less than $5,000. So if you don't spend above the $5,000 level, you're not recognized officially. Yeah, you're not recognized. You don't have to file reports or anything like that. <laughs> I see. So uh, as far as you know, is that some kind of a record running three times? No, there have been people who've done it. Uh, Harold Stassen has done it. Uh, Norman Thomas in the earlier part of the century. There's no question that running for the presidency is a grueling endeavor, which begs the question, why run? You have accomplished far more than most presidents have been able to, and I didn't understand why you would even undertake the job of running. Well, uh, there are two ways to answer that, and one is if you want to see my uh, weekly column, which is uh, free electronically, which explains... Uh, in many ways why we need a new politics in this country and we need a new civic energy in this country just uh, visit nader.org sign up and you'll get every week another answer to that question basically starting in the uh, mid 80s it became clear rebecca that uh, the uh, u.s government was shutting down on things of great sensitivity and need of the american people and that was Increasingly because of big commercial money in campaigns, the expansion of corporate lobbyists in Washington, they take up street after street, the placement of corporate executives in high government positions like the Department of Treasury, Department of Defense, Department of Interior, etc., and uh, just the crumbling of both parties to the magnet of all this money, all these uh, later job offers that they're given when they leave the Congress or the government. Um, it just uh, shut down our government. And then, uh, I, you know, I'm a reader of Thomas Jefferson, and he said, if, <laughs> if you can't get anywhere with your government to be accountable and just, you've got to go into the electoral arena. So I confronted something I've studied for many years, the two-party uh, duopoly, the two-party tyranny, that doesn't like competition with third parties or independent candidates at whatever level of government, federal, state, local. And uh, I decided that I was going to try to climb that hill. And in so doing, we have documented just how unfair to the voters it is that uh, third party independent candidates can't give them a choice on the ballot because they're excluded from ballots or they're, they're sued uh, baselessly, or their petitioners on the streets getting signatures to get on the ballot are harassed, and they've kept, they're kept out of the debates, like the presidential debate. So we've documented all that, but it's an uphill fight because the people who need to change the rules 
are in charge of the rules. But I think you make my point that if the problems are so deeply embedded and systemic, what possibility is there that you could do change from the inside out? Doesn't this have to come from the bottom up? It does, and it's a lot easier than most people think. Uh, let me make it clear. There are 535 members of Congress, senators, representatives. They put their shoes on every day the way you and I do. Mm -hmm. uh, they represent the most powerful branch of government under our Constitution by far. It's the taxing uh, branch, the spending branch, the regulating branch, the uh, oversight branch, uh, the declaration of war branch. And it's also the most sensitive to uh, the rumble from the people if people get organized in uh, one congressional district after another. And what is needed? Anywhere from 1,000 to 2,000 people in every congressional district giving a couple hundred hours volunteer a year. That's about four hours a week. Uh, putting in about $100 raised or spent uh, or contributed to open up two offices with four full-time people and then coordinating it with all the other uh, Congress watchdog groups in the other congressional districts and putting before Congress uh, a very powerful message. Uh, we want 10 new directions for the United States of America, ABCD, that will uplift health and safety and employment and pension protection and peace in the world, etc. And we have the power, because what we're furthering, we can show you, is supported uh, by the majority of the people in our district. Well, I have to so say that that seems this. like such yep, a very modest investment to offset corporate influence that I'm surprised that everybody isn't jumping all over this, because that's a very small number of people and a small number of hours when you cumulatively look at that. Uh, it, it's the possibility that we have to make incremental change and change from, as you point out, the strongest arm of our government. Now, we have to take a short commercial break. When we come back, let's talk about what it's going to take to get a third party elected, get, get a uh, candidate from a third party elected in this country. You're listening to the Costa Report. Hi, I'm Judy Profeta, owner, broker, and active real estate agent of Alon Pinnell Realtors, a locally owned real estate company. We've operated on the peninsula for over 16 years, currently located on the corner of Ocean and Dolores and Unipero between 5th and 6th in downtown Carmel. We serve the Monterey Peninsula, focusing on Carmel, Pebble Beach, and the Carmel Valley. Our firm of about 50 agents represents everything from Carmel Cottages to Pebble Beach Estates and oceanfront properties to Valley Vineyards. We are actually known for our vast inventory of fine properties. Drop by and see us, or better yet, visit our website at apr-carmel.com. That's apr-carmel.com. Or you can give us a call at 831 622-1040. And make sure you tell them Judy sent me. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, host of the Costa Report. We have an important election coming this November, and I know that many folks are struggling right now. And if you're not struggling, well, then you're just flat out worried. 
I know that you're hoping that the next president, whoever they are, will have a plan for getting us out of an economic hole that keeps getting deeper. But this time around, the answers may not come from the top down. Something is happening to us, and it is happening to all people in all nations at the exact same time. And that is why I am asking you to take a moment to read The Watchman's Rattle. It's a book that will change the way you see our problems and also the upcoming election. So please pick up a copy of The Watchman's Rattle. Do it now. It's available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, and independent bookstores everywhere. You can also grab a copy at Rebecca Costa. But don't wait. Take a moment to get your copy and together let's get our lives and our country moving forward again. Since 1849, California has been the new frontier, and the passion for innovation and development of great new products and services continues. But one thing that has changed is how these products and services are introduced, developed, and marketed to the consumer. Whether you're marketing a brand, a band, a product, or a service, Link Media Partners is here to help. To find out how we can help you, call 831-295-1849 or find us online at linkmediapartners.com. We will not be an easy target. We will never roll over and let pain plan our day. We will protect our bodies and fight back by moving. We will do our morning laps, walk our dogs around the block, pass up the elevator and proudly take the stairs. Because arthritis can't beat us if we beat it first. In the fight against arthritis, you need a weapon. What's yours? To learn more, visit us at fightarthritispain.org. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. Well, I'm going to the beach where I belong. Warm sand, cool surf, Get in on a real good time, California. Take your family, take your friends, take the entire neighborhood to the free Friday night concert at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. This Friday night at 6.30 and 8.30, it's Santana's original lead singer, Greg Rawley. Greg Rawley in concert. Hey, there's always more, lots more free fun for everyone at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. There's always the admission-free boardwalk and the free Emperor's Imperial Circus Sundays through Thursdays through August 23rd. And the free Wednesday night movies on the beach through August 15th. Get in on the fun, California, with Santana's original lead singer, Greg Rawley. His free concert is this Friday night at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm Rebecca Costa and our guest today is former presidential candidate and father of the consumer protection movement, Mr. Ralph Nader. And before the break, I was making the point that our issues may be so systemic at this stage that the solutions may no longer come from Washington. And you pointed out that the most powerful branch of government, the Congress, is also the most susceptible to the will of the people. So all it takes is 1,000 to 2,000 citizens in each district to organize in order to balance powerful corporate influences. Is that right? Yes. You know, every congressional district has about 640,000 people. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there are more people in, uh, in bowling leagues uh, certainly more in bird watching, especially around beautiful Santa Cruz, uh, than there are watching Congress. And I've demonstrated this in the past uh, before the corporate counter-revolution uh, under uh, Reagan and Nixon. I mean, we got tremendously important bills, auto safety bills, drinking water safety bills, and 
environmental worker safety bills, um, and we we basically tapped into people back home and said, look, I mean, there's no reason for you to have to take these casualties and these costs. We got a better way. We've got good scientists and engineers. We just got to give it a priority. People only knew, if people only knew how relatively easy it is to turn Congress around to recover long overdue changes in this country, they would be much more aroused and willing to do it. One reason why people don't go into the civic arena is they think it's hopeless. And, of course, that becomes a prophecy. And uh, that's what we're trying to do in, in, in my little book, uh, Getting Steam to Overcome Corporatism, which people can get by logging into gettingsteam.org. I'll leave an autograph for them. Well, I'll tell you, you're, you're absolutely right. What I hear is we've made a movement from apathy to depression. I mean, I think we are, we're not just in a, a depressed economy. We have depressed citizens. Exactly, exactly. And it can be turned around. Once people get a taste that they matter, they count, they can shape the future of their country, there's going to be no stopping them. It's going to be, in our history, we have had occasions when people got aroused, they generated uh, activity, and the country is much better off. Abolition of slavery drive, women's right to vote, the worker-farmer advances uh, over 100 years ago and, and a lot since. But you're right, we're in a period of our history when people are depressed civically, they, they feel hopeless, uh, they get cynical, and that means they'll really drop out of any Democratic participation. That's absolutely right. Now, looking ahead at November, analysts are already forecasting that the presidency will be decided by how independents in 10 to 12 states vote. And since there's evidence that Republicans are more likely to vote for libertarian candidates like Gary Johnson, it feels like the stage is being set to convince people that voting for a third party candidate who can't win is a wasted vote and may, in fact, cause Romney to lose. And this happened with Ross Perot and it happened to Ron Paul, and it also happened to you. So my question's a simple one. If every time a third-party candidate gets any traction, they're labeled a spoiler, well, how exactly is any third party going to take hold here? First of all, anytime you hear the word spoiler, you can have two, two responses. One, how do you spoil a system that's already spoiled and needs to be cleaned up? And second, a spoiler is a politically bigoted word. For example, they would never apply, the Democrats and Republicans, they'd never apply that uh, to whoever beat them in a two-way race, Republican-Democrat. It's only applied to third parties, either on the right or on the left. Yes. And it's a politically bigoted word. Now, if someone says, what do you mean by that? I say, well, don't you agree that we all have an equal right to run for election? And usually they say yes. I said, okay. Then if we have an equal right to run for election, either nobody is a spoiler or we're all spoilers of each other because we're trying to get each other's votes. So let's get over this and focus on the merits, the subjects, the issues, the things that are really on people's minds and elevate the public discussion beyond the almost infantile level that we now see it day after day uh, between the two parties. Well, I'm convinced that there are more and more people that are using their vote to block the other candidate. They aren't really enthused about who they're voting for, but they don't want the other guy to win. And I don't believe that's what our founding fathers had in mind. You're right. Uh, half of the people don't vote. 
and a good many of the others vote for the least worst. Or vote to block the other guy. You know, they just don't want the other guy. That's right. They don't want the other guy in office. Yeah. Instead of voting for their own future, their own agenda, their own priorities, and uh, the candidates are sort of, by the way, uh, they're going to they're going to take orders from the voters and for the public. Instead of demanding that we get rid of the electoral college, so it never does come down to one or two states, it comes down to whoever wins the whole uh, vote. And so, uh, re- Republicans would start campaigning in uh, the presidential Republicans would start campaigning in California. The Democrats would start campaigning in Texas. Instead, we have this red state, blue state divide that strips a majority of the American people from ever having one of the two major presidential candidates coming into their state. I fought against that by going into every state all three times, Rebecca. I campaigned in every one of the 50 states from Hawaii to Maine and Alaska to Florida because I felt so strongly about this. Isn't the greatest thing we can do in terms of election reform get a strong third party? Because all the mathematics change and all the campaigning changes. You can't simply make voters not like the other guy, which is the game that's being played right now. If you don't like, if I, I don't have to convince you to like me or any of my policies, I just have to convince you not to like the other guy. But as soon as there's three parties or four parties, you can't play that game anymore. You can't be oppositional. You couldn't have been clearer. Exactly. It's called competition, right? So all this stuff about election reform really troubles me because it all seems focused on campaign contributions to me as opposed to the the problem resolves itself rather nicely when you have other parties. Open the doors. But Open so the doors to the ballot. So what Open do we need to, to do to make that happen? Because it's not happening right now. I'll tell you that I get so much pressure from the left and the right as an independent saying you are wasting your vote if you don't vote for one of the two primary candidates. And I really resent that term, wasting my vote. My answer is you never waste your vote when you vote for someone you believe in. Period. Because if you start playing that wasting vote, you're playing into the hands of the two big parties. Either one of them will say, we're not, hey, you know, you, you, you got to vote for us. You know how bad the other guy is? They define themselves by how, how bad the other guy is. And it, poll after poll shows 60% of American people would like a viable third party. But the problem is because they grow up knowing there's a winner-take-all and, and it's not likely that anyone's going to win other than a Republican and Democrat – they get cold feet and they they vote for the least worst instead of the party they really believe in in their hearts because they don't think that party's going to win. That's why we got to get rid of the electoral college, get rid of the winner take all. We got to get a, a system where every possible vote counts. Right now, if you're on the side of 49% against 51%, 49% of the voters don't count at all. They don't get anything. That's Whereas right. in other countries, if they get 10-15%, they get 10-15% of the parliament. That encourages people to go to vote. It has a broader number of ideas put before them by multiple parties. I mean, there's a reason why we're the only country in the world that doesn't have full Medicare for all in the Western world. That's absolutely right. Now, we have to take all. another break. And when we come back, let's talk about what we should be doing about an economy that is claiming more victims every day. You're listening to the Costa Report.
If your house has been on the market for more than three months, you might be asking yourself whether your agent is doing everything they can to sell it. Here's one way to tell if your agent is serious. They've talked to you about staging to sell. That's right, staging to sell. That's what they do at Point of Entry. They work with top realtors to capitalize on the first impression a buyer has of your home. Whether you live in a mansion or a planned community, every home has strengths and weaknesses. When the experts at Point of Entry stage to sell, they artfully accentuate a property's greatest strength and downplay its weaknesses. Just last month, the broker called Point of Entry to rescue a home that had been sitting on the market for over two years. The owners had almost given up. Point of Entry staged the home, and within two weeks, the property sold within 5% of the asking price. If you have a home that isn't selling, contact the experts at Point of Entry at 925-330-8558 for an assessment. It's a tough market out there, so I'm going to give you that phone number one more time, 925-330-8558. Let Point of Entry show you how staging to sell can help you move that property today. You'd be surprised how many people drive the hill to shop at North Bay Ford in Santa Cruz. Hello, I'm Bobby Robinson. North Bay Ford is a locally owned dealership with low overhead, friendly, small town values, and great deals on new and pre-owned cars, trucks, and RVs. Get this! Bobby's Deal of the Week at North Bay Ford. Get up and go in a brand new Focus. You'll get up to 40 miles per gallon in this super fun to drive, great-looking gem from Ford. You'll be thrilled with the Focus's variable cam timing, six-speed automatic transmission, electric power-assisted steering, torque vectoring control. And remember, it gets up to 40 miles per gallon. Take Bobby's advice and check out the Ford Focus. Head to NorthBayFord.com for details. When you need a quality pre-owned economy car for your college student, a new family car for Sunday drives, or a fleet of powerful new Ford trucks for your berry ranches, look first to your friends and neighbors at locally owned North Bay Ford, 1999 SoCal Avenue, or on the web at NorthBayFord.com. Hi, I'm Arnie Levine, President of the County Board of Education. And I'm Gina Locatelli, Vice President. And we are here to let you know about the Countywide Constitution Day Essay Contest, presented by the Board of Education in association with the County Office of Education. The contest is open to all ninth grade students who will attend a Santa Cruz County public, private, or home school in the 2012-13 school year. The first place winner will be awarded $500, second $300, and third place $200, and each will receive the books The 5,000-Year Leap and the making of America. Winners may read their essays live on KSCO Radio during the Santa Cruz County Fair. All entrants will receive a certificate of participation and a pocket constitution. Contest rules can be obtained by typing in Santa Cruz County Office of Education Constitution Day Essay Contest. Deadline for all entries is September 5th, 2012. Get in touch with the County Office of Education at 466-5901. Those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer are now here, and that means... Wait, let me guess. Baseball, barbecues, girls on the beach? Well, yes, Charlie, that's true. But it also means it's time for electrical safety. Oh, of course. Hi, Charlie Friedman here with Chris Jensen from JM Electric. Summer is the time for electrical safety. That's right, Charlie. Every year, thousands are injured or killed by electricity around the home. But thankfully, we now have incredible technologies today, like arc fault circuit interrupters and tamper-resistant receptacles that can protect you from those electrical fires and shocks. JM Electric is happy to help folks out with a free home assessment to see if any of these devices or our current safe testing services are a good fit for their home. Give my friends at JM Electric a call. They'll come to your home, have an expert look at your electrical systems, and tell you what can be done 
done to make your home safe, just like they did for my home, and their visit won't cost you a dime. Give JM Electric a call at 422-7819 or visit jmelectric.com or on Facebook and tell them Charlie sent you. Welcome back to the Costa Report. I'm here today with the father of the consumer protection movement, author and advocate, Mr. Ralph Nader. And before the break, we were talking about the fact that a strong third party and the elimination of the electoral college system would change how candidates campaign and may well be the most powerful form of election reform. Now, changing gears for a moment, we have a recession which has persisted for a very long time and which has had an impact on the middle class in a way that I have not seen before in my lifetime. I know that you have a new book coming out this fall titled The 17 Solutions. So let me ask you, what in your view is job number one for our next leader? Well, the quickest way to jumpstart our economy is to have a a major public works program uh, to repair America in every community. There's no community in our country that doesn't have public facilities from public transit to schools to community clinics, you name it, that are in disrepair. And that creates good paying jobs. It improves the community enormously. And these jobs cannot be shipped abroad. That is what the, unfortunately, the Republicans have been blocking even modest proposals by the Democrats in Congress to do that. But they didn't block the huge uh, hundreds of billions of dollars that Washington shipped to uh, Wall Street uh, during the crash uh, under the uh, heavy hand of those speculators and crooks there. The second thing that can be done very quickly, long overdue, is what I call the catching up with 1968 adjustment of the minimum wage. The, the federal minimum wage is $7 and a quarter. If it was adjusted for inflation from 1968 to now, it would be over $10 an hour. That affects 30 million workers, Rebecca, who are within a seven and a quarter and 10. It would immediately pump in tens of billions of dollars into the coffers of these hard-pressed families who would obviously spend it immediately. And it will increase consumer demand, which almost every economist says is what's needed to get us more out of this recession. And what's amazing about this is there's no grassroots effort on Congress by people who who basically say, look, it's pretty unfair. These corporate executives have been making out like bandits since 1968. The head of Walmart makes $11,000 an hour, every hour. He's got over a million workers who are making under 10, under 9, under $8 an hour. So we have to appeal to people to pour it on their senators and representatives when they come back home starting today for their August recess. Your senators and representatives will be circulating around your state, whether it's in Nevada or Pennsylvania or California. Give them a piece of your mind. They get so little feedback that they remember what you tell them. There was a fellow who went up to Congressman Young, Rebecca, very quickly in Florida about four weeks ago, and he said, look, I'm working hard. I'm making eight fifty an hour. Why can't I make what? I would have made in 1968 in purchasing power 10 bucks. And the Congressman Young looked at him and said, what are you all about? And he said, well, I, you know, I'm working. Mm-hmm. He said, go get a job. You see wow. how arrogant they are. Wow, yeah, and yeah. I, I hear a lot of that. In a, I'm very yeah. distraught by, by way, that. It comes in at 70% approval, a $10 mm-hmm. minimum wage. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we have the lowest minimum wage by far of any Western 
uh, industrial country. In, in Canada, Ontario has it's ten dollars and a quarter. In France, it's eleven dollars. But but you, you what you hear from people on the left and the right is that we're so badly in debt as a country we can't afford these public works. Uh, and uh, you know one of the questions I have is why wasn't this bailout money that was supplied tied to some kind of job creation program? You're so full of common sense, Rebecca. I know, it's a problem, isn't it? It's a problem that I'm so practical. (laughs) If they put that money into community development banks instead of the rat hole of Wall Street, and by the way, the speculators are at it again every day you read in the paper. Crooked uh, funds and speculation and ripping off and so on, they're still at it every day. Um, If that was put in community development banks around the country and put in public works, we wouldn't have an 8% plus unemployment rate. We wouldn't have millions of people underemployed and millions unemployed and the crashing of our economy. But the reason why this isn't done is because the people are not in charge. They may read the Constitution that starts we the people, but it really is the corporations who are in charge with their political allies in Washington. Well, it's very interesting that these large corporations, whether they succeed or they fail, uh, it doesn't really matter because if they succeed, they make a lot of money. If they fail, the government will step in with bailout money and they still get their pay and they still get their bonuses anyway. So there's really no incentive for them to succeed or fail. There's no downside either way. On the other hand, when they're not doing well, they have massive layoffs, cutbacks. They cut back people's benefits and salaries. We've got 44 million people on food stamps right now. That's one out of seven people. And I, I did some research it's the same number we had during the great depression that were on government subsidies nobody's talking about this this is very disturbing very disturbing and what you ought to do if you're listening to this program just ask yourself are you spending an hour a week on your congress if you had a neighbor that took 22 percent of your income could send your children off to war uh, can raise your taxes can allow others to rip you off or pollute you, would you spend a little time on your neighbor to straighten your neighbor out? Of course. Well, that's your member of Congress. That's right. And so you're asking everyone who is unsatisfied, who can see the writing on the wall, to spend one hour a week? One hour a week? And you'll never realize how fast Congress can change. We stopped a pay grab by members of Congress. They wanted to increase their pay big time, back about 20 years ago. And I went on talk radio, Rebecca, and we got about 200,000 people to either call or write their member of Congress. And that was all it was needed for them to pull back on their pay, pay increase. I'm telling you, people it's have such a small that investment. Than you think, uh, I, and you're absolutely right. And I hope people that are listening today who feel hopeless, who feel like it doesn't do any good, will commit. You know, look, uh, turn off the TV for an hour a week, right? How hard is that? Or the video games if you're younger. Or your computer or your mobile device. Uh, I I know I'm going to get a lot of uh, email on that one. But you know what? Turn it off for an hour and and devote an hour of public service to your country, to making (laughs) your country better. I mean, how hard is that? Not very hard at all. And there are a lot of good citizen groups you can lock into to leverage your one hour. Whether it's uh, one of our groups, Public Citizen, log into citizen.org, Common Cause, the... Wilderness Society, uh, you know, you name it, 
there are groups all over at your fingertips on the computer. And that, I think you uh, make a very good point about these. Uh, and by the way, it's a yeah. lot of fun. It's not fun to be powerless. <laughs> it's not fun to have to swallow complaints. That's right. My saying is very simple. If you don't demand to say, you're going to pay, pay, and pay. Oh, I like that saying. I mean, I don't like the saying, but it's memorable. It's got a good memory hook to it. I will say that I just came back from uh, uh, the Las Vegas area, and I had a chance to tour the Hoover Dam. And they had lots of pictures of people lining up for jobs in the 20s and 30s when we really needed to uh, do something about infrastructure. And particularly now when we have energy issues breathing down our throats and we are funding terrorists, there's no question about it because we won't get a reasonable energy policy going in this country. Um, it, it seems to me that our infrastructure, our energy needs, all these things are begging for public works. Would you agree? Absolutely. And that's what helped us uh, in the Depression under Franklin Donald Roosevelt and uh, the federal highway system. Look at all the uh, drinking water systems and the sewage treatment systems that need refurbishing and upgrading. Look how many times you, you have these big potholes and they, they basically reflect under the, under the streets. There's a lot of work to be done. Uh, there's oh, yeah, we have these large sinkholes showing up the, now. The problem is we're sending your tax dollars to blow apart Iraq and Afghanistan, et cetera. I mean, we're talking about billions of dollars a week here. Mm -hmm. And it's, it, instead of building the bridges and highways and schools, we're, we're into these criminal wars of aggression. There's no other word for it. You're absolutely most of, right. Most of the people want us to get out of Afghanistan. It's up to 70% now. Mr. And Nader, we have to take our last break. And when we come back, let's spend some time talking about other initiatives you're working on, which might not be getting the attention that they should. You're listening to the Costa Report. Well, it's about time. Hi, I'm Rebecca Costa, and I'm here to tell you the wait is over. The new Rebecca Costa mobile app is now available at the Apple iTunes Store. Just click on the iTunes icon on your screen, and you can download the free Rebecca Costa app. You get an instant message when new episodes of the Costa Report are available. Breaking news, links to password-protected videos, and the opportunity to grab free tickets to speaking events in your area. So don't wait. Go to Apple iTunes and download the free Rebecca Costa app right now and stay informed, connected, and alert. Just about everyone knows that fruits and vegetables are good for our health, but not everyone knows how to build a healthier plate. Hi, I'm Amy Tobin, a cookbook author and culinary expert. For each meal, nutrition experts recommend filling half of your plate with fruits and veggies. Whether it's fresh berries with your breakfast cereal, a wrap filled with your favorite roasted vegetables for lunch, or a medley of crunchy veggies for a pre-dinner nibble, Dole provides the freshest and highest quality produce available. When you load up on all the nutritional good stuff, you give your meal an instant boost of color, flavor, and texture, plus vitamins and minerals and fiber, everything your body needs to succeed. For nutritional inspiration and to learn more about Dole's fresh, whole, and cut vegetables and a full line of berries, 
Visit Dole.com. With Dole as your partner in health, the possibilities are endless. Which architect designed the pyramid outside the Louvre? Do you know? Would you like to know? Or just match wits with other trivia buffs by attending the fourth annual Trivia Challenge at the Santa Cruz Civic Auditorium on Friday, September 21st from 6.30 to 10 p.m. Be part of an evening of food, drinks, raffle prizes, and rousing trivia competition. All proceeds benefit adults who want to improve their lives through literacy. To learn more, register a team, or purchase a spectator ticket, go to www.fctriviachallenge.org or call 831-427-5077. Brought to you by the Literacy Program of the Volunteer Center of Santa Cruz County. Again, that's www.fctriviachallenge.org or 831-427-5077. It's time to visit the True All of Connection in Santa Cruz. Hello, I'm Susan Pappas with an invitation for you to come on down for a taste tour of the world of extra virgin olive oils and aged balsamic vinegars. Listen to what your friends and neighbors have found at the True All of Connection. I'm Terry from Morgan Hill, California. My wife drugged me in because she's buying some birthday presents. Uh, The blood orange oil with the dark chocolate balsamic, I'm in love. Well, I think the six-pack is the greatest, and especially for a gift. It's just wonderful. Somebody can just get it and find out everything that they need to know about all this stuff. It's so wonderful. Taste extra virgin olive oils, aged balsamic vinegars, and fused olive oils from around the world seven days a week at the Troll of Connection Tasting Room at 106 Lincoln Street in downtown Santa Cruz. And by the way, you'll find the best gift ideas this side of Tuscany at the Troll of connection. Opa! Welcome back to the Costa Report. Our guest today is author and advocate for government and business accountability, Mr. Ralph Nader. And before the last break, you were making the point that if citizens would just spend one hour a week communicating with their congressperson, we would see a remarkable transformation take place in this country. Yet how many people will do that? How many have become so depressed and so hopeless they can no longer even take an hour a week to invest in their country? And this from a man who has invested his entire life in America. So let's move on to some other initiatives you're working on which you feel may not be getting the attention that they need in this election. Well, one of them that's important is uh, full Medicare for all. The Harvard Medical School researchers a couple years ago put out a peer-reviewed study. It's pretty shocking. They said that 45,000 Americans die every year because they cannot afford health insurance to get diagnosed or treated in time. And, of course, many more remain injured or sick. That's 800 a week. That's one problem that can be completely eliminated by full Medicare for all. Nobody dies in Canada or France or Germany or Japan or England because they don't have health insurance. The second is a stunning figure of uh, over 100,000 people a year die from hospital-induced infections. Some hospitals are demanding that their doctors, nurses, and others uh, advance their uh, personal hygiene, washing their hands, etc. And they've shown remarkable declines uh, in uh, infection rates. That's 2,000 Americans a week. Uh, 
Just the other day, in the New York Times op-ed page, a well-known doctor, Dr. Gupta, estimated 200,000 uh, people uh, a year die from medical mistakes. Yes. And he had a number of very good recommendations to reduce that. That's 4,000 Americans uh, a, uh, a week. So, you know, while they focus on terrorism in Somalia or Afghanistan, and they focus on, uh, you know, uh, casualties that are of much, much lesser quantity, they're ignoring all of these uh, important areas. 65,000 people, according to EPA, die from air pollution. Some of them are horrible asphyxiation does. 60,000 people die from occupational health and safety, OSHA figures. None of these are discussed by the presidential candidates, and I might add by most congressional candidates running for election. So that's it. And, of course, they mean a lot to people, don't they, back home. And but, so, but you're not suggesting that we don't need a foreign policy where we, we want to wait till danger's on our front doorstep. No, what I'm suggesting is we don't have a foreign policy that expands al-Qaeda from one part of Afghanistan into 15 countries. Mm -hmm. Now in, in Iraq, in Somalia, in Yemen, in North Africa, moving into Syria. The national security people I've spoken to in Washington, mm -hmm. they all say, this is crazy. You don't have an anti-terrorism policy that creates more terrorists. And that's because we went in with, with uh, a big blunderbuss. We, we tore apart Iraq. There is no threat to the U.S. That was all based on false statements that are not well documented. He didn't have weapons of mass destruction, etc. And, and that creates more anger and more young men willing to fight to the end against the U.S. So, well, no, in fact, the perpetrators came out of Saudi Arabia, we now know. Yeah. And, and yet we have a very interesting policy of calling the Saudis our allies and calling the Pakistanis our allies. <laughs> Although when we knew Obama, when we knew that Osama bin Laden was in Pakistan, we didn't seem to want to tell our allies we were going into their country. <laughs> Well, Saddam Hussein was our ally. We gave him all kinds of equipment. <laughs> yes, he was. Iraq, and he was anti-communist, so he was okay, no matter what, a brutal dictator. It's amazing how many boomerangs, uh, the CIA has a word for it, it's called the blowback, where we go into these foreign countries and we set up groups and allies, and then they turn against us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes, anyway, they do. Getting they... back to the domestic scene, I love Santa Cruz, by the way, Rebecca. It's one of <laughs> our highest voting turnouts in our election and i've had three rallies in the santa cruz civic auditorium isn't that that wonderful place inside city hall yes it is and and i will tell you we have a very active community here and i am very blessed to be broadcasting out of uh, ksco in santa cruz wonderful and i like a lot of your ads they deal with the health and nutrition and education contests and i've always liked olive oil by the way <laughs> well that's good we'll have to send you some of our local olive oil i will say that this program is all about prescriptive measures that people can take so when it comes to health care do we go back to that one hour a week that we ask people citizens to invest in their country right and they can get a lot of help by logging into single payeraction.org mm -hmm. that is the website that connects with folks all over the country california and elsewhere to mount pressure for full medicare for all it has better outcomes it saves lives it's a lot cheaper. Uh, you know, it's been proven again by study after study that if we have public funding and private delivery of health care, 
in a competitive mode will get the best outcome uh, of all of the various uh, agendas that are put before Capitol Hill. It's very interesting when you hear the argument from the other side, it's uh, the country's already going broke, we can't afford this. And, you know, you have to keep coming back to the fact that, well, if you don't do something, then you have very, very sick people showing up in the emergency room. So you're going to pay either way. But it seems to me that when you hear the opposing view to uh, free and unlimited Medicare to anyone, uh, you always come back to the we can't afford it. So how do you address those people? It's really simple. Canada and other European countries have, in effect, full Medicare for all. They cover everybody from cradle to grave on half per capita uh, of what we spend. We, we're spending this year $8,500 per capita uh, on health care, 50 million people without health care, many more underinsured. And in Canada and Switzerland, they're spending about $4,400 per capita, uh, and they cover everybody, and they have better outcomes. And one reason is what you just pointed out. They focus on prevention. Mm -hmm. They get these health problems earlier before they fester into serious diseases and serious permanent disabilities that are 10 times more costly. But we you will agree, Mr. Nader, you, you will agree that we are not very good at when it comes to preemption. If there was a weakness in the United States in the way that we view things, we just aren't very good when it comes to taking preemptive measures that will be cost savings and will provide a better quality of life. We, we always seem to get on top of short-term mitigations. That, that seems to be driving our country. Yeah, we, for decades, health insurers did not cover physical exams. Yes. There you are. Makes your point. Yes. In fact, they, would, they wouldn't cover pregnancies on the grounds that they called it a pre-existing condition. Yeah. It's totally uninterested in prevention. There's no money in prevention, right? There is no money in prevention, and as a result of that, we are always running behind the problem. And with these really ridiculous short-term mitigations that don't last very long and never go to cure. You make so much sense. I don't even have to speak, uh, Rebecca. <laughs> well, one more question before we let you go. Where can listeners go to get more information about your upcoming book, The 17 Solutions, and also other initiatives you're working on? Well, uh, you can go to uh, you can go to gettingsteam.org. That'll tell you about the book that I, I just put out. And that's really an action book. It's designed to get you so angry properly with evidence that you break your routines and start putting more time into the civic and political arenas and take this country back for the people. The second is uh, 17 Solutions will be out in October. I'll be out in California on that. And you can uh, look that up on nader.org. And at the same time, sign up. We'll send you my column free electronically every week. We'll look forward to seeing you out here. That's our program for today. But before we say goodbye, on behalf of the many millions of Americans whose lives you have impacted or saved, I'd like to thank you for your public service. Thank you, Mr. Nader. Thank you so much, uh, uh, Rebecca, and I hope more people listen to your program every week. Thank you.
If your station is leaving us after the first hour, our guest next week is Daniel Clydman, former managing editor of Newsweek and author of Kill or Capture, a riveting book which offers a look at the Obama presidency's decisive and lethal hunt for terrorists. Clydman offers a much needed perspective on the administration's tough stand on terrorism. Don't miss an important conversation with Daniel Clydman next week, right here on your favorite news program. Until then, I'm Rebecca Costa and you're listening to The Costa. A report. There aren't many things you can trust these days, but thankfully you can still trust your taste buds. That's why I want to tell you about Caraccioli Cellars. Recently, I stopped by their tasting room right there on Dolores Street in downtown Carmel to sample their Pinot Noir. And well, folks, let me put it this way. I did not stop there. The Pinot was so far and above what you'd expect from a family-owned winery that I had to try their Chardonnay, Brut Rosé, and Brut Cuvée just to make sure the Pinot wasn't some fluke. And you know what? This may be the one and only time you hear me, Rebecca Costa, mention a winemaker on the air. If you don't know Caraccio, Cellars, then get your taste buds down to their tasting room on Dolores Street and ask them to pour you the same wines that won me over. Caraccioli Cellars, memorize that name because you're going to hear a lot about them. This caliber of wine doesn't stay a secret for long. Caraccioli Cellars, it's what I serve at my table and you'll be proud to serve it at yours. I was recently honored to meet a young man who served as an Army Ranger, an elite member of the United States Army. His name is Justin Baker, and during the course of his service to protect you and me, he and several of his Ranger buddies were exposed to some chemicals and conditions that caused him to develop a serious case of type 1 diabetes, the bad kind that requires him to take multiple insulin injections each day just to survive. He was put on disability and honorably discharged from the Army with the assurance that he would be provided insulin and all required diabetic supplies for the rest of his life by the government. This has not happened. He has instead been subjected to a continuing nightmare of frustrations, destroyed personal credit, life-threatening diabetic comas, and more, all due to government obstinance and inaction. Meet Justin Baker on the next KSCO special this Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon, right here on Let's See If We Can Get Our Congressman Sam Farr to Do the Right Thing for This Warrior Radio, AM 10 KSCO. KSCO Santa Cruz. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 